0: The return up for
1: Parlo. Leaves it off. Here's Mirham. In the box. The shot. Goal. She's got the record. Hey, everyone. My name
2: is Sabria Whitaker, and I'm the founder of Grow the Game. Erica Piancastelli here, Tokyo 2021 Olympian. This is Carly Jackson, professional goaltender for the Buffalo Buttes. Hey, everyone. This
1: is Connor Moore, the social media manager of the Chicago Sky. For the first time!
2: You are now listening to Women's Sports Matter. Women's Sports Matter. Hosted by Gianna Belcastro.
0: Arita Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. That's
1: and welcome to another episode of Women's Sports Matter, a podcast that is your one-stop shop for all things women's sports. My name is Gianna Castro, and I am your host. First of all, happy Pride Month, everybody. Today's the first day of Pride, June 1st. What a month. First off, I would like to say that to celebrate Pride by not only having a beautiful new logo, which you can see on all of my socials, And also in the background for this Zoom recording. I will also be donating $15 each Tuesday of the month, which is the guest choosing. And more on that later with today's guest, who will talk about that in a little bit. So let's get right into today's interview. Can you introduce yourself, please?
0: Hi everyone. First and foremost, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here and talking with you today. My name is Kate Fries and I am one of the team photographers for the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury here in lovely Phoenix, Arizona.
1: Is it really like hot in Phoenix? That's my first question because I've never been there. I just want to know like what's what's the weather like?
0: Oh, long sigh. So, um, Deep breath. I only came here in February. So, mind you, I was living in Jersey City, right across from uh, Manhattan, New York, before I came out here. I literally drove through a snowstorm on my way to the airport, stepped out to like 80 degree weather. And that was in February, folks. Um, so this is going to be my first summer here and everyone's been just like, it's a dry heat, you know, just get a sunshade, stay in the east. Like people are giving me these like little tips. I'm just like, I'm just going to accept the fact that I just might die this summer. Like I am not built for this. I am coming fresh from 12 years of working in ice hockey and now I'm doing basketball in Arizona and it's just a complete kind of like climate shock for me. So I've been doing better. My body's adjusting, but 120 degrees is hot. So I'm not ready for that. I don't think it ever will be, but it is what
1: it is. <laughs> Let's jump straight into um, your move from the East coast, basically to kind of the West coast. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you were taking photos for the Riveters and yeah. I want to know, how did the process to move to Phoenix happen? Did you apply to something? Was Did someone reach out to you about the position? Tell me more about that. So, um,
0: like, backtrack. Um, during the pandemic, when there wasn't a lot of... Um, Media space for us to be in sports. I really didn't. I pretty much was out of a job for months, and I got to the point that I needed to get a job. So I saw that the NBA was hiring photo editors, so I took that job. Um, through that, I got to know literally every single team photographer uh, with the NBA and uh, WNBA because we get to we rotate around and get to work with them. So I got to know the Phoenix Suns photographers really well. Um, I was I literally was. I didn't know the position was open. I was offered the job by the head team photographer, um, Barry Gossage. And because the person that I took over for got a position with the San Antonio Spurs. So his position was open and I was literally just at home, um, in Jersey city and my, and Barry texted me. He was like, Hey, can I call you real quick? Which was weird to me. I normally just like text with him or message him on, um, social media. And I'm like, sure. And he offered me the job. And I'm just like, it was just a wave of emotions. I'm like, holy crap. Like I've been waiting for like this dream opportunity, but then just also like dreading having to leave like all the amazing teams that I worked, especially the Riveters, because I had a very special bond with them. And I miss them like every day to this day. I think about those, those athletes. And um yeah, he asked, he's like, I was like, when do you need me out there? He's like, as soon as possible. I'm like, okay. I was like, well, it's like a cross country move, my dude. This is not just like down 95 or something. And uh he's like, I can wait till the end of the season if I absolutely have to, but I'd prefer not to. I was like, okay, give me a month because I had to get out of my lease. I had to you know, coordinate everything to get all of my stuff from, uh, East coast out here. I use like a pod and that like, you know, worked for me. And I also wanted to make sure that all my jobs, all the different people I was freelancing for were taking care of with a replacement or at least try to find someone. So, um, I kind of like interviewed a few people. I wanted to make sure that especially with the Riveters position that the athletes were going to be taken care of and felt safe with whomever my replacement would be, because it's a very um, kind of sensitive atmosphere, you know, working in women's sports, you got to make sure like the right people are going in and have the best intentions. Um, So I interviewed a few people, tried them out and um, they filled in for me for the rest of the season. And I wanted to make sure to give opportunity to um either a woman a person of color um someone in the lgbtq plus community not you know someone that's just not another white dude in the industry i wanted to make sure that like i was giving an opportunity to someone that probably would have been overlooked in in another position so yeah, I just set them up for like the last few home games to have a replacement. And I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen because a lot of changes have happened with the Riveters organization. I'm completely like kind of removed from it now. Um, but yeah, then I just packed my bags and here I am in Phoenix and it's a dream, you know, it's crazy. Like pinch me, you know,
1: (laughs) sounds like you're living the dream. I mean, that that's just absolutely like, that's so cool. Um, mm-hmm. could not imagine doing that I mean I <laughs> I'm making a move in the summer um I'm going to Nebraska so I'll, I'm leaving for school for the first time which is like weird Exciting. a little I'm moving Scary. to Lincoln so yeah yeah better than okay. lake effect weather I would like to say I don't know what um like winter is like on the east coast but it's a little brutal here
0: yeah yeah, no, it's, it's brutal. I like, I, I'm not going to be used to being in shorts in the winter here. I, the, the nice thing is about Arizona though, is you can drive like two and a half hours, like two hours up North and you can have a little bit more seasons, but I'm such like a fall summer, like spring, like I love out all the seasons and now I'm, I'm not going to have them. So I'm like, okay, well,
1: I guess I'll get used to it. Hopefully we'll see. <laughs> I want to get rid of the, the winter season here, but yeah. I, I really want to move somewhere where it's like nice weather all the time, but I also don't want hurricanes. So the East coast is like yeah. removed the whole, that whole side of the country. Exactly. But, <laughs> so I want to know more how you got into photography. Was it like early childhood? Was it recently? Tell me more about that.
0: Um, so my mother always had like a camera in her hand at like family functions, always growing up. I remember her taking a lot of pictures of me. She was a school teacher, always took pictures of her students and she bought me a film camera when I was a teenager. Cause I had a lot of angst and a lot of anger was going through a lot of things. And she was like, here, creative outlet. And, um, I really loved taking pictures on that camera, but it was only ever like a hobby thing for me. And then I graduated high school and I was like, okay, I want to go back to school, like after I took a year off. And I was like, what do I want to do? I want to do something that makes me happy. So I um, applied and got into an art school back home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, PA College of Art and Design. And I got in and I actually went in as a graphic design major. And with the intention of like, oh, I'll be able to get a job outside, you know, with an art degree, you know, I had to think about that when I graduate and, I took a photography elective course, was like, well, this will be fun, a fun elective. And the photo department chair, Christine Welsh, at the time, she actually, she was teaching that class. So it was just an intro to like black and white photography. I took it and it just, it clicked for me, literally like, and um, I'm cheesy, please excuse me. Um, and she like, we literally shot like our first assignment and she pulled me into her office and she's like this like whole role of film is, is excellent. This is really good for like, you know, your first, like pretty much like first real time doing this, like an academic, she's like, um, institution. She's like, what do you want to do when you graduate, um, college, like with photography? And I was like, I'm a graphic design major. And she's like, sit down. She's like, you're changing. Like, she's like, you have it. I can't teach people like this ability. Like I can only show them some things. She's like, you have a natural talent for it. She's like, switch your major now. Thank you, Christine Welch. Because um, yeah, I, I, went, I went on, I graduated with a BFA in photography and got right into the industry.
1: And it's just been crazy climbing ever since. So I- was like obsessed with photography when I was in middle school. Like I picked up the camera and I was like, this is amazing. And when I was a sophomore in high school, I told my mom, I was like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to study photography. I'm going to go to Arizona state. And then I'm going to, I'm going to work for Getty images. That was, that's what I wanted to do. And Mm -hmm. she goes, photography is a dying major. And I switched it. I switched it because she's like, and she's going to love this part because she listens to every episode. She she hates when I mention yeah. things about yeah. her, of course, because um, this is a very professional show. And <laughs> I was like, I was like bummed. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know what else I'm going to do. I don't, yeah. how am I going to have a career? This is the only thing I know how to do. And I've never been to Arizona. I don't think I've ever gone to Arizona State. And I'm not like I never like when she told me that I was like okay I'm, I'm gonna just do it as a hobby which is yeah. I do it sometimes yeah um there's like a, these things right here that can be used as, oh, yeah. <laughs> as a camera so <laughs> most of my pictures are done from my phone yeah. uh, but I have a Canon I forgot what what brand it was I don't yeah. know what kind it is But I use it sometimes. I just took photos for my sister's uh, sweet sixteen in March. They turned out pretty decently. I'm not like a skilled, uh, like editor for those. I love a lot of saturation. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure that's always fun editing those. Is there any photo in particular that um, you've edited that um, is like your favorite of all time?
0: Oh, and this is when people ask me this question, I never know how to, cause it's like trying to pick my favorite child, like, you know, um, and it changes constantly because like, as I'm like, I, I constantly am creating like new favorite images, like my favorite image from like five years ago, which was like a picture of Wayne Simmons when I was covering the flyers. Like, I still love that picture. Don't get me wrong. It's still hanging in my apartment, but I'd have to say right now, so Mercury's opening night uh for their new their home season, uh they set up this red carpet and did these really cool intros of all the players like running out. And I it was just one of these happy accident things where my radios weren't hitting my strobe so my lights my like my studio lights weren't going off in the arena and it was really dark and like I was just like fumbling trying to make sure that I can like adjust that as these players are still running down I had to switch to available light which was really dark and kind of grainy and I was like sna- still snapping the pictures as they were running down and like I finally got it kind of like to where I wanted it to be and I'm just like I knew in the back of my head knowing the roster and they're now I'm just like shoot like Diana's about to come out. Like I need to like at least nail her picture. And I got her, um, her running out and it was at least in focus. Like the, I, I completely botched the exposure, um, because I just like was trying so fast to adjust on the fly because my lights weren't going off. And, um I hated it at first and I was just like let me see if I can save this in like Lightroom and just like work with like it was just too dark for me and then I ended up popping it into Lightroom which is what I like to use to edit when I'm on the fly and um I got it to a point that I really liked it and it's just pretty much just blackness surrounding her and her like running out and I have it like in a color version and a black and white version I really like the black and white version, because I feel like it adds just a lot more emotion to the image. And I think all of us know that like, she's not gonna, as much as we would like her to play forever, she's not gonna be doing it forever. And it just kind of like, I don't like, you know, wanna, we don't know if it's her last season, you know? And I was just like, it just feels like a moment, like that was just very kind of like emotional. Like she's running out again for her like first season intro. It could be the last one, we don't know. And right now, like, that's probably my favorite.
1: Do you have those on Twitter or is that available to to see it's anywhere? My, I think it's on my Instagram. On yeah, your Instagram? Can, yeah. Okay. Because I'll, for, I think I'm going to clip this and, and put it on social. So I'll put that over when you're talking for a yeah. little bit and then I'll tweet that out and tag you and all that and be like, yo, the before and after, look at this. Yeah yeah i can't wait to see it is it you said it's on your instagram i'm gonna pull it up
0: it's on my instagram right now if you want to pull it up
1: Uh, i will look right now and find it because i would love to see this it's honestly
0: like not the best picture not the most like technical like It's back on May 7th. Oh,
1: yeah, I found it. It's a whole Diana Taurasi, you know, like shout out. Shout out to the goat. Shout out to the goat. Shout out to the goat. Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's that's fantastic. Yeah,
0: it just I was glad that I at least got something that was salvageable. It wasn't like what I intended, but sometimes these like, you can completely screw up. And it'll, and maybe even look better than your original intention. And sometimes that happens for me. And I'm like, Hey, just work with what you got. And now it's like one of my favorite images.
1: Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. you brought up something that I've always like wondered about. So I work for um, the Chicago wolves. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the times I see this thing flashing in like the top part. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what the hell is that? Why is it? What is this thing going? Can you explain this to me? Because I. I don't know what's going on. So,
0: yeah. So, you said uh, the Chicago Bulls? The Chicago Wolves. The Wolves. Um, So, some photographers, like when we're allowed to, is we install, they're pretty much like big strobe studio lights that we put up in the rafters of buildings. And what we have, um, at least for us, is we have these big kind of like battery packs that kind of operate as like controlling um the circuits and everything so it runs from the light to the battery pack and then we have wires that run the whole way down to um event floor level so you know on court level and we have these little things that these little plugs that we plug into and then that runs to up to the both ends of the basket and on the basket, we have our radios. And then that's, so we have a, a, a receiver so, and then we have the transceivers on our cameras. So it's a remote system. Um, we're not like hardwired in for the most part. My boss does sometimes, but I'm all, wire, I'm all wireless. So whenever I hit my shutter, it's going from my transceiver receiver through all the wiring up to the catwalk and then through that box and then boom, setting off our strobe system. Um, which we have them set up in every corner of the arena. So it's nice and really well lit. So that allows you to um, adjust your exposure and it just becomes a better quality image because you can um, drop your shutter speed down, you drop the ISO down and everything just looks like so much juicier just like a better image. But the only thing is, is you have to, you're not on rapid fire, right? So you have one, like literally one shot. I feel like I'm an Eminem song. Um, Whereas like, yo, one shot, and um it goes off and you have to wait for it to recycle so if you miss that shot you gotta wait three seconds to even take another picture so say hey maybe you screw up like going for like a shot you screw that up like you have to wait three seconds and maybe you can get the celebration afterwards or like you know a moment of defeat but like it's it's really it's a it's challenging i've never. It's my first time working with them so I'm still learning a lot of things but thankfully my boss is is teaching me everything I need to know so
1: thank you for walking me through the technical side of all this because I had no idea any of this was going on
0: it's a lot I didn't I didn't know that like I'd be adding like electrician to my resume because I have to know how to like run this wiring system I have to have a knowledge of how circuitry works which thankfully i had an interest in, in high school and like tech and like shop class and everything. But um, yeah, it's, it's a whole other beast. Once you switch to that side of things, it's crazy.
1: Well, the more, you know, that's yeah. my, that's like my thing. This, <laughs> that's like my thing this season. i am learning so much. And all I can think of is like the more, you know, and that star going across, you totally need to put that across. Yeah, this, I'm going to edit that. I use that. I send my family that all the time. I tell them something and it's just like, the more, you know, and yeah. that's, that's my thing this year. That's my, that's my phrase. Cause it's always on like channel five or channel five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that, well, the, what is it? The IE, the educational information yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. The more, you know. So I want to talk to you more about working in the PHF what is the atmosphere or the team atmosphere that you experienced, um, with your time at the Metropolitan Riveters? What was that experience like for you? How did you get that job? And, um, to end that question, what was your favorite photograph from that? Oh, okay.
0: Um, So when I, I was work, I was pretty lucky that I didn't have to work my way up through the ranks of going through like college to minor league to like NHL. I just kind of like went right into NHL work. Um, so I was working in the NHL for a few years and oh my gosh, at least like what, eight or nine years at that point. And I just felt like I wanted, I was also doing AHL, sometimes an ECHL game, but I, I felt like I wanted just like something kind of different. And I didn't want to go into college sports because at the time before they made some changes with NCAA, it was just a pain in the butt for photographers to work in college. And um I was like, okay, what can I do? And someone had told me that there's a, a women's hockey team that normally played up in Newark, New Jersey. I was living in Philly at the time that normally plays in newark but they got moved last minute to um what was it oh my gosh what was that little uh monmouth junction or something like some random town and like near princeton new jersey i was like oh that's like literally halfway it's like a lot closer to me and i was like let me just reach out and see like look at the schedule see how it compares to the flyer schedule and see if they need someone and they're like yeah sure come in no problem. And I was just like, easy like that. They were very happy that like someone with like my like experience and background wanted to come cover the women's game. So I, I started out like, you know, shooting from the bench, um, did a media day and it was like, it felt, it was just such a different experience for me than working in men's sports because I, and it's kind of what I needed at the time because I was dealing with a lot of harassment from many people in the NHL, um, be it like other photographers, fans. Like I was just ha- really struggling. I needed something to make me happy. And that was it. Um, I, I, I feel like whenever I'd walk into a PHF game just, or practice just more respected just for walking like as a woman into that building. Um, I felt a lot more seen. I felt more respected, Um, and it was just such a beautiful experience for me because the players were comfortable. Most of them just pretty much right off the bat. And I think a lot of that contributes to me being a woman and not some like dude with a camera being like a weirdo. Um, they just automatically felt comfortable. And a lot of them just like felt like, you know, I was an extension of the team and they mostly just treated me like a teammate. And it really created this very special bond that I had with a lot of them where, I could capture these really vulnerable moments I could like be around them you know be in the locker room and they didn't feel uncomfortable at least for, like that's I didn't hear anything like everyone was pretty much comfortable around me so it made my job easier they were more thankful than any guy has ever been like I had you know even some players like Mallory Rushton who's like my buddy um she would thank me after each and every game Kate thank you for being here we appreciate you so much I've never gotten that from any guy that I've like any male athlete I've worked with, um, up until now. Um, cause the guys are really great on the signs, but, um, it was just a once in a lifetime experience. Um, and this is where I get emotional and it was really hard to leave behind, um, that, but they were really understanding when I had to tell them there was a very emotional video that I posted, um, when I had to tell them when we were on a trip to Connecticut that I was leaving, but, um, they were more happy and supportive. And I still keep in contact with a few of them because they're just their friends they're like sisters to me so it was the single most rewarding um, experience I've had in this career and I don't think anything will ever touch that um it's it just truly was the best experience of my life um I hated leaving them but I had to do this for myself and it doesn't mean that I won't return to women's hockey someday you know this this doesn't this may not be permanent you never know where my career could take me um When it comes to my favorite image of them. So I traveled with them uh, to the Buffalo Believes Classic. Uh, My second, first season with them. I guess it would have been my first season with them maybe. I can't keep track of anything. Um,
1: Do you know what season that was of the PHL? I wanna say it was, that been 2019.
0: No, it was before that 2018. Um, I can look it up on um, post and like send it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was up in Buffalo. It was like an, it's like a kind of like outdoor re- arena. It was really neat. And of course we were playing like the Buttes. Right. And, um, I took this picture. There's two of them. I really like I'm, I'm just going to tell you both. I'm not going to pick between the two. One of them was Madison Packer leading down everyone. Um, down this like hallway where you turn to go down to the rink and it's just like, I had my fish eye on, so it was super wide and you just have like the walls like boom, boom, boom. And then she's like right in the middle and it's just like her back, like strides perfect. She's got like, her hair looks great. Then it's just like 14 packer, you know, she's just like going to the ice and just ready to tear it up. Then there was another one that I took of her on the ice where um, is a side profile and the background happened to be pitch black because it was a night sky and it's just a perfect profile of her. Her hair is like bleach blonde I think and just like you know up like that and just looks amazing. Um, so it's probably between those two that are my favorites and they just happen to both be a Packer because she's just so photogenic. So
1: who doesn't love photos of Madison Packer? Like
0: Oh, I miss her. I miss her all the time, and she's just such a wonderful human being, like off the ice, and just a fun person to be around. Our personalities get along well, so I, I miss working with Peck every day.
1: <laughs> I also didn't mean to make you cry. I know an emotional subject for you. Oh, it's but- okay.
0: It's okay. I, I'm a, I accept emotions. I'm yeah. like, you know, it's you have to kind of just go with the flow and let it out sometimes it's a it's still a sore subject obviously because I miss I miss them but you know I still I still keep in touch so
1: that's awesome that it honestly like talking about your relationship with them that's Mm -hmm. you don't really get to hear about that often so um that that's really awesome so to cheer you up I'm gonna tell you the joke that I hit me with it hit me with it so I was, I was talking to one of the people on the, the Women's Sports Matter team today, and I was like, you know, I have a photographer coming on the show before, like the first time I've ever had a photographer on. So it's going to bring like a new angle to the podcast. But that's my joke. It's not that funny.
0: <laughs> well, I really appreciate you giving me the extra
1: exposure for having me. Oh, up. not the <laughs> photography jokes. Ah, see, <laughs>
0: we're, we're dorks. We're dorks. We know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and she it took her a second, and then she started laughing. And I just told my mom I was just chatting with her a little bit ago, and and yeah. she's like, "That's a bad one, G. That that's a bad one." And it's just like, oh. "No, it's hilarious. It's funny. I came up with it on the fly. Just like, I love that. No,
0: I'm here for it. I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> so I it turns out you can be a podcast host." and be funny.
0: Oh, absolutely. Not everyone can do
1: it though. We know that. Not everyone can do it. I should just, I should have a comedy hour on here.
0: I support this. I support this endeavor. Endorsed.
1: Endorsed. (laughs) All my jokes will be about my sister. That's all. (laughs) That's all. all.
0: (laughs) I love a good, like a good sibling roast. I appreciate it.
1: My sister has been on, on my podcast twice. And the first one was in the beginning of 2021 and the other one was recently and my favorite part of the episode, which I talked about um, for last week's episode, is I made my sister pull up her Spotify like most listened to artist of all time. And she's like a huge Weekend fan. So she was thinking that the Weekend was going to be her number one. And her number one actually was the Glee cast. And she was so embarrassed that it was was revealed to all my listeners on my podcast that it was the Glee cast. And I'm like, Bella, you literally blasted take on me by the Glee cast like a month ago. What do you mean? Like this, accept your fate, you know?
0: Spotify will call you
1: out. That's why like... (laughs) I, uh, I'm like dating right now. I'm single and I have like a hinge profile. There's an option to like add your top Spotify yeah. artists. And I was just like,
0: you're going to, it just, no one needs to see that. I was like, that's a conversation for later with like the wild stuff. that's just going to pop up on that. And it's just embarrassing. It can't like, be
1: that bad. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, is there a way I'm, I'm scared when I, when we're done, I, I'm going to have to pull it up and see like what my top are. I mean, I, I don't know.
1: even know. now. I got to see. Cause it changed. It really did mine used to be 21 pilots because I went through my emo phase. I'm still in my emo phase. Actually.
0: I have never left my emo phase. Yeah. I'm 34. I never left. Yeah, I need to know if it's a thing. It's it's probably an emo. It's probably like my chemical romance for me. Oh that's my like god. My- which I'm not embarrassed by at all. I'm a
1: proud like emo kid, like not former, like still in it. You know, I'm a lifer. <laughs> I, I know what mine is. It's not, I'm not embarrassed of it. Mine is Wallows. That's that's my top. So for people that don't know, listening to this show, the frontman for Wallows is the dude that starred in 13 Reasons Why, Dylan Manette. Yep. So he's the he's the front man in that group. I'm actually going to see them next Friday. My sister and I are driving to Missouri. My mom's like, should I really let you go drive with your sister Absolutely. for five and a half hours? Absolutely. And the answer is yes, because I already bought these tickets. So. <laughs> can't oh, well. sell them yeah so that that is that but i'm not embarrassed of my top spotify artists of all time so at least i can say that bella yeah hers is the weekend now it did it did pass but not in january oh, when we talked so <laughs> oh well that. bella <laughs> i guess next question is finals prediction uh neither team I don't care you don't care
0: I'm so I'm still it's still really like very shocking and it was I'm kind of I'm fully like i'm like pretending like the nba doesn't exist right now and i'm oh, like absolutely i get that i'm falling on the i'm falling on the w right now on the mercury the two um,
1: and seven mercury that got that was beaten yesterday by the chicago scott i'm just gonna say it because i'm i'm here but yeah it's, you, can, it, you can continue it's been <laughs> um just not a great not a great time for phoenix basketball huh
0: um I don't know probably I mean the Celtics like oh,
1: Celtics. I,
0: yeah I have to they they've really I feel like they deserve it with how great they played and like how like Jason Tatum like um it's just absolutely insane you know um I've watched like a few games and I just I like I'm like buddies with their team photographer Brian Babineau so um yeah I, I really like to see I think them I'm still an East coast girl at heart. I hate Boston, but you know, um, I'm still salty about, about my boys being both my boys, my Sixers and my sons being eliminated. So I'm just like, well, okay. I don't care anymore. It's all about the mercury now. And now it's just like not the best start to the season, but um, there's still a little bit of time they could turn it around, but they got to just like haul some booty right now because it's, They have a lot of things that they need to work out um, and it's hard. And I know that like I've I've talked to a couple of them personally, as I've been like, you know, getting to know them, they're more comfortable with me. I had one reach out and it's just, You know just sad that they that they lost um and i'm hoping that they can turn it around and we can improve like morale and everyone can just kind of like start grinding it out and hopefully you know um, improve on the record because right now it's just it's not looking great but you know i'm happy to be there and happy to support i'm happy to be part of the w now so because that was a big thing Um, when I was offered this job and like in order to uproot me from everything I love and especially leaving my riveters is that I need to continue working in women's sports. I don't want to, you know, leave and not have that be part of my life anymore. I just, I couldn't like emotionally, I couldn't do it. I need to be, I need to have that. It's very now a very important thing for my mental health. Like as a photographer in this industry, I need to to work with the W so I'm, I'm happy to be here.
1: Must be fun to work in women's sports. I'm still waiting for that. I've worked for four men's sports teams and I did make an episode a while ago, probably at the beginning of the year. Cause it, like, like you talked about before, like women in sports get harassed, at least in a lot of men's sports. You see it on both sides. Absolutely. But um, it's just, I men's hockey is probably the most like, it's toxic. It is so toxic. And, it's, you know, fans don't know how to behave and mm-hmm. it's it's just gross. Yeah. That's, that's that's what I'm saying. But I still work for the team right now because it's in, they're in the, I think it's the semifinals of the AHL playoffs. Nice. So they've got a few games coming up that I will mm-hmm. be working. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I had to stop selling 50 50 because that's what I was doing because people like, kept being great
0: I'm sorry that you were like you dealt with like some of the crap of like you know working in sports and it's I mean I've had my fair share I could write like people actually encouraged me to do it it's just like I could write a whole book on like some of the stuff that I've been through and you know still go through to this day I mean even like being like in the top tier I still every now and again have to deal with idiots and it's just you know it's hard but Though I'm, I'm me personally, I. Well, it's hard for me. I have like some pretty thick skin and the way that I look at it is, is if my presence, like with my ball busting attitude and just like a very Philly attitude, like my presence can come in. I can take a brunt of the hits and make it easier for like the next person, like to follow me, like I'll bear that shield any day, you know, and I want to bring, you know, my people with me and just like change up the game and have it be a different workroom because it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, um, and you'd wish that people could be better, but. They're unfortunately not. And sometimes you just have to be kind to yourself. You need to know when you need to take a step back. You need to know when you need that mental health day, like, you know, take a game off if you possibly can. I unfortunately can't, but it's just finding your ways to cope with those really hard moments and check in with yourself. And also, really important to create allies within the field that you feel like you can reach out to, like, hey, like this happened to me. I need, like, you know, whoever you feel comfortable with. Like, you know, for me, I need to have my women like around me, um, to be able to talk to about stuff because I was like, this is just like ridiculous, you know, and then you can talk about it. And sometimes it's just like, you feel immediately better can go on with your day and it's okay to not be okay and not go on with your day. I've had to leave games before, um, because it was just so bad. Um, and, all you can do is just go in and be the best person that you can. And if people are going to be, you know, the horrible ones. Then at least, you know, that you're going in with the right attitude and just want to work and want to do the right thing. And we need people like that in this industry that care about supporting others that aren't like them, you know, and making it a more diverse place because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> sometimes.
1: It is. I, mm-hmm. I like I said in my the episode that I made a while ago I'm very thankful that the my boss for the wolves is a woman and you know having those conversations she's like a few years older than me which is like I'm 19 mm-hmm. and it's like she's like 23 or something and she's got this like high profile like job and I'm like how what it's yeah. like seeing seeing her is like like excel at her job is amazing and to be able to yeah. talk have conversations with her like about that stuff was really awesome for me and uh, having that kind of trust Good. in your boss is yeah. awesome so yeah and
0: you need people like that in those like upper positions because they're in the positions of power that can help change things you know we need we need those like those big meetings that they have to be a lot more diverse and other people be represented because you know everyone needs to have a say and things in order for stuff to uh, progress and move forward, you
1: know. So I want to shift gears of the conversation. I want to ask you about your shirt for people that are not watching today's episode on YouTube, which is the -hmm. Women's Sports Matter podcast on YouTube, by the way, you should go subscribe. But Mm -hmm. what is on your shirt and tell us more about that.
0: Oh, I figured I was just like, I'm setting myself up, uh, for a hard conversation by wearing this shirt, but, um, I am wearing a Phoenix Mercury Jersey with the number 42, which is Brittany Griner, who I believe is on day 102, 100,
1: 103, 104. It's one. I, oh my gosh, it's like it's crazy I by the feel time like, this comes out it's like next Tuesday. so yeah, and
0: you know, hopefully there'll be a change of things. She is being wrongfully detained in Russia right now. Um, she is a player for the Phoenix Mercury and it's been it's been rough. Um she's, She's literally my favorite, I hate to pick favorites, but she's my favorite. Like, I'm talking as a fan, like right now, like, I, you know, we're off, but she's my favorite player in the league. I love her style. I like her attitude. She's just aggressive and just like, she's like my type of basketball player and I remember getting the job and being so excited. I was like, I get to work with the GOAT and I get to work with like my favorite player in the league and a bunch of others that I absolutely love like Shea Petty and then they signed Tina Charles. Anyway, um, back to Brittany. So she's um, being detained in Russia right now. And it's it's rough. It's, it's really hard, you know, being a fan and then having to work in that uh, environment where we all miss her and want her back, you know? um yeah it's it's tough it's really tough
1: there's gonna be links down below for like there's a petition there's pins on sale from power forward that mm-hmm. uh get donated to i forget what it is being donated to if you can recall do you remember no i top. don't remember either yeah yeah it's gonna be down below just trust me that I put stuff in the description because I There's always like do. Links.
0: We'll let you do the work. <laughs> There's
1: a bunch of links that, that'll be provided, but you can learn more about what's going on. It's not really, um when this first happened, the podcast wasn't in season and, you know, people were like, you know, talk about it because yeah. like we don't want it, be- it to become like a thing essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we're told, oh, we can't talk about it. So I'm just constantly trying to uh, retweet stuff. Mm-hmm. about it um, reporters talking about it anything that is talked about with this topic right. I'm trying to promote that yeah um so thank you for wearing the shirt today so that, yeah
0: that was my reason like I, I do represent the team in the league and I can't like speak too much on it um but it's it's just wild to me that it's not bigger headlines it's not like more prevalent and especially in the sports world i get it like oh whatever it's playoff season but like as i'm scrolling through like you know my different sports apps i barely i have to google her name in order to see something in order to read something instead of it being in my feed you know um for my bleacher report or whatever i'm scrolling through and um yeah we want you home Brittany. we support you um, I know everyone else in the team feels that way. Um, it's really nice to see other teams in the league supporting um, her as well Uh It was like Dallas, the wings came in when like blew my mind the one day they're stepping off the bus and I see the first person wearing a Britney Griner hoodie walking in. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then almost every single player was wearing one. I just like was choking back tears because I was just like that. It speaks to just how amazing women's sports are and how supportive they are, how supportive the league is. And, you know, we're just wishing and hoping for good news,
1: you know. Like I said before, There's going to be links down below to learn more about this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so going back to what I brought up in the beginning of today's episode with it being Pride Month, I'm doing $15 donations with the podcast guest choice. Can you inform everyone what your choice was for today? And if you could explain a little bit more about what this organization does.
0: Yeah, sure, so um, I chose, I really wanted, when you asked me, I was just like, ooh, I know like first and foremost, I wanna make sure that it's a charity that is directly working towards supporting trans athletes, especially the trans youth, um, because with everything, especially that's going on right now, um, they need all like the support and like help they can get, especially with all these scary bills being passed. Um, so I chose athlete ally who I have been following, you know, for, for a while now, just being an avid supporter of the community and everything. Um, so I was just, first and foremost, I love that you're doing that. Um, it really means, you know, a lot to me personally and I do during pride. I try to like, you know, put some money out there and I'm glad like, you know, my name can be attached to that because they are just. About um, leveling the playing field, you know, for those that are underrepresented that um, have harder times in sports, um, and I just I love what they're doing. Um, they have a lot of really great people backing them as well, you know. Um, and it's just a great, definitely like check them out, support them if you can, donate. And but yeah, first and foremost, I wanted to create, I wanted to pick a charity or someone that was uh, helping the the youth uh, trans athletes.
1: I appreciate you picking that one. That's a great uh, charity to donate to. And if you want to match my $15 donation, I really hope you do. Mm-hmm. There is my post. That is my pin tweet where you can reply down below with your receipt from Athlete Ally showing, matching that 15 bucks.
0: Yes. I'm going to double it. I'm You're going do-
1: to go oh, for 30.
0: And, um, yeah, everyone else do it. All the cool kids are doing it. just All the cool
1: kids. So. <laughs> All the cool kids are doing it. So yeah. if we're doing it, you gotta do it too. Yep, yep. my, my goal for this, um, it, it was so, because you know, companies change their logos for pride. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want to do something. like even as a member of the community, I don't want to feel like fake. And just, right, like, put course. this logo up. I mean, I made this logo a few months ago. I already had it planned. I know some probably do it like the night before. Right. This took a lot, this took a lot of work. I'm going to tell you finding this image and then like putting the filter on it. Cause I st- yeah. still need to see the show's name. Right. Um, I wanted to be as inclusive as possible and in doing right. so that's, you know, donating to charities that mm-hmm. are helping queer people. And so that was my initiative for this month. I thought of this a few days ago and I'm like, let's just do it. I am taking money out of my own pocket and basically putting money in where my mouth is and I getting love that money out there to support queer people. So go donate, please. Thank please. you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Now it's time for my favorite part of the episode, which is called the lightning round. And as my family likes to say, oh, Gianna, it's not the lightning round. If people take too long to answer, well, that's what I'm calling it anyway. They like it to critique me. Again, this is not a professional show.
0: <laughs>
1: Screw it. We're having a good time here. This is, this is like, I tell people, you know, this one time like laid back, you know, because I'm super laid back. I don't think I could ever, because some people, they they tell me that they plan their episodes that so they like write the script, uh, script out and they'll sit there and they'll just like, Hello and welcome to today's show. I cannot read and and talk. It's just yeah. I can't do it. Everything is coming from this thing right here. It's called my noggin, and that's how that's how I come up with content for this show. So, yeah. first lightning round question. I think you mentioned this before, but what was your first camera? A Nikon N.
0: 90 and 60 it was an old film 35 millimeter camera from the 80s because I'm old <laughs> oh
1: you're not that, old. <laughs> not that you're old not that old you're still old but
0: yeah I, was, I think I have it somewhere in like my camera closet but I still have it so
1: and I, st- I actually still sometimes shoot games on it every now and again when I'm feeling a little spicy so <laughs> what is your favorite lens to use um, I actually had to buy it
0: for this job. Normally it's like the, the staple, like 70 to 200. Now I'm like team like 24 to 120 because it's a really nice range for anything mid court to the basket. And that's what I have to capture most of. So that and it's like an F4, I think it's on the cheaper side. It's a great lens. It's got, it, I use it for almost everything now.
1: What was the first event that you officially took pictures for?
0: Um, for sports, it was a um, MLS game. It was the Philadelphia Union. I, I still I have my credentials still. I don't remember what the other team they played, but it was a Philadelphia Union game.
1: I've seen uh, from your Instagram that you've taken some concert photos. Yes. Um, what is that experience like? And what is your favorite memory from shooting at a concert?
0: Um, so I actually started in music um, and then went to sports. Someone saw my music photography and then offered me an internship shooting pro sports because they thought I'd just be able to handle it. And I, and I could. It's pretty much it's same thing. So I love music. Um, I actually was when I went to choose schools, I was either going to go for music producing for like sound engineering or art. And I chose art. So I love music. And I still to this day, even think I might be a better concert photographer than a sports photographer, but I just work primarily in sports. Now my favorite moment doing that. Hmm. Well, this sun season was really fun because it was like a lot of song, like a lot of artists I grew up listening to, I got to capture. So that was cool. But recently I think was one of the coolest moments for me where I got to photograph the new kids on the block. Um tour that's going around right now, which I am a little too young for them. I like some of their songs, but they also were touring with, um, on Vogue and salt and Peppa, and like those like women raised me pretty much. Like I love their music and I just had the time of my life. Like I forgot I was working sometimes. I was just, I was having the time of my life shooting them. It meant a lot to me to add them to my portfolio. And then those artists shared my work on social media and I just like the fan in me just like died. I had so much fun like singing along while working and I got some images I'm really happy with and that was probably my top
1: moment. Yeah. What's the biggest name you've ever uh, taken pictures for? I mean maybe them. Um
0: I've done a lot over the years. Uh a lot of big names in the metal world. I've done like I've done Slayer and Anthrax. I've done All American Rejects. Um, a lot of big rap names. Uh, you know, Saweetie, Little Baby, um, Migos. Uh, I've done a whole like big range of just almost every genre. I've shot like bigger acts in, so it's it's fun.
1: What is your advice for people that are looking to get into the photography scene? Um, Well, it won't be what your mom told you. (laughs) Just (laughs) dying major.
0: (laughs) Um, So what I tell people actually is maybe even a good advice for you is that it's you don't necessarily have to go to school for it. Um, I chose to, and there are things about my school that like my schooling that does apply to what I do. And I did learn a lot, but you don't have to do it's experience. It's about getting all those shots under your belt. It's about networking um, with the right people to get, you know, as you keep growing to get bigger opportunities, but like, you don't have to go to school to do this. Um, I'd actually probably recommend not going to school, honestly, because I feel like, If you unless you want to use it to gain access to internships and shooting availability. So a lot of pro internships with the big, the big leagues are you have to be in school in order to do it. Um, They won't give you like, you know, if you're just like someone that is into photography, you have to be in school to get an internship. Um, so that's just like my advice is like, you know, if you can swing it financially do it, but also understand that a lot of people that are into it don't have success with it. And it's just like, it's a very competitive market. And it's, it's just, it's not for everyone. You know, it, it's grueling. It took me 12 years working in the industry to get to where I am now and a lot of uh suffering and working multiple jobs. But my big thing is like, you don't got to go to school to
1: do it, you know? I guess. I mean, well, Should I change my major now? I I changed my major like four, four or five times now. My family will not be happy with me.
0: You could, but honestly, you could just do like photography in your spare time. And the nice thing about having another major and maybe like another like line of work is make sure it's something that doesn't um, interfere with the time that you need to be available to shoot sports, which is mostly evenings and weekends. Right. I mean, you're going to be working yourself like a dog, like I did, like having a million jobs on top of doing this. Um, but make sure that if you're going to pursue it, understand that a lot of the times, like starting out, you're not going to get paid a lot, if anything. Um, and it's knowing when to, uh, when to accept those kind of positions and know that you're going to be grinding pretty hard starting out. A very few people just jump right into like you know a good paid position with it. So,
1: yeah. Everyone, I hope you listen to this advice, and I hope my mom is listening right now. <laughs> Sorry, mom, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> every every episode this season is just me coming after my mom for something <laughs> she said. She's gonna love this. Okay. So before we end today's episode, we are going to jump to Derek's segment about what's going on this week in women's sports betting. Take it away, Derek.
2: Hello. Thank you for listening to the Women's Sports Matter podcast. I'm Derek Kelly. This week, I want to talk to you about point spreads. Typically, you will see these markets with a line and the corresponding odds. The line is the margin of defeat or victory that the sportsbook expects the underdog and the favorite to lose or win by in a certain sporting event. To make this clear, suppose you see a market with a WNBA team, and there's a negative two and a half, negative one ten next to it. Well, the first number is the line, and the second number is the odds, and that's a point spread market. Those numbers tell you several things. First off, the negative sign tells you that that team is the favorite to win the game. If that were a positive sign instead, then that team would be the underdog in the game. The 2.5 is the actual margin by which the sportsbook thinks they'll either lose or win. That will always be the same on both sides of the market. When betting a spread, you have two choices. You can take the favorite to cover, which means win by at least the sportsbook margin or for the underdog to upset the spread, which means they either win the game outright or lose by fewer points than the spread suggests. So in our example, if you thought the favorite would win by at least three points, you'd bet on them and give the points to the sportsbook. If you thought the underdog would either win the game by any margin or lose by two or fewer points, you'd take the points and bet on the underdog. Then of course the negative 110 is the actual odds on the bet. that that tell you your payout if you would win. And you might be wondering, what what about that .5? It's impossible to score half a point in basketball. That's called a hook, and it's there to make sure that the bet doesn't settle as a push. Instead of betting on two points exactly, you're betting on either two or three, and that way either you or the sportsbook is going to win the bet. Now, softball fans, you might be wondering whether you can bet on the Women's College World Series. Well, it depends on two things. Number one is where you're betting from. Some jurisdictions, in the U.S. especially, have special rules for betting on college sports. These include whether you can bet on teams attached to the schools within certain states and what kind of bets you can place. Additionally, not all legal Canadian and US sportsbooks are offering action on the event. There are some who do have markets live in some states though, so the best thing to do is to go ahead and check with your favorite sportsbook if you're interested. By the way, the final games are on Monday June 6th, June 8th, and Thursday June 9th, plus Friday June 10th if it becomes necessary. In other events you can bet on this week, the ShopRite LPGA Classic starts on Thursday, June 10th. Watch for Winners Futures markets as the event progresses. UFC 275 features two women's bouts on its main card this Saturday, June 11th. One of them is a flyweight title bout between Valentina Shevchenko and Tyler Santos. The other is a strawweight fight that pits Jean Whaley, against Joanna Junjuchek. Right now, Shevchenko and Wehli are the betting favorites. The NWSL has matches on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday this week. Saturday and Sunday this week. Then there are WNBA games every day but Monday and Thursday this week. Check with your favorite sportsbook apps the morning of those contests for the lines. That's all for this week, and I want to remind you that previews of all these events... And a lot more information is available at bether.com. That's B-E-T hyphen
1: Thank you again, Derek, for telling us more about what's going on this week in the world of women's sports betting. Very informative. Before we end today's episode, now is your time to do some shout outs. If you want to shout out anyone, you know, this is your little message to them. Be like, hey, this is what's up. Go ahead.
0: Um... Shout out to my mom and dad always Um, and shout out to my boss, Barry Gossage for giving me the opportunity of a lifetime for believing in me and shout out to the NBA and WNBA for finally hiring another woman to cover sports. Um, I'm happy to be here and I wouldn't, you know, be here without support from any of them. So I'm living my best life. Thanks to these people. And thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And
1: thank you for you for having me on the podcast. Oh, my God. Thank you for coming on today. Now, where can people follow you? Tell them where what the socials are, the website, all that.
0: So my website is my name, which you're gonna to need to uh, know how to spell to get any of my stuff. So that's Kate, K-A-T-E. Last name is Freeze, F-R-E-S-E. So my website's Katefreeze.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Kate Freese Photo and then Instagram is Kate underscore freeze. So again, that's F-R-E-S-E for my last name. Um that's pretty much what I'm on the most. I have a LinkedIn I don't really use. Um, um but those are the places that I'm active
1: the most right now. Everyone, you better spell the name right. I'm not going to help you out if you don't. That's kind of on you for not listening to the end of today's episode. Mm -hmm. Okay, time for what I call my spiel. Everyone loves this. It's what I used to do is I would like take a deep breath and I would just like go. I would just go for it and be really fast and really bad is is what I'm going to say. So I'm going to take my time with this one. If you want to follow me on social media, guess what? You can. I'm on four different places now. Three of them are the same handle: that's Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. At Women Sports Matter, and on Twitter, you can follow me at W Sports Matter. There's also a YouTube channel. If you want to watch this really awesome interview, go to YouTube right now and subscribe. The Women Sports Matter podcast. It's easy. It takes two seconds to do it. Well, you do need a Google account. So if you don't have a Google account, Make a Google account and the first channel that you subscribe to is Women Sports Matter because why wouldn't you do that? I have a lot of upcoming stuff happening. So if you want to be the first to know about that, all you got to do is subscribe to the Women's Sports Matter newsletter. And how do you do that? Oh my God, I'll tell you right now. It's in the description. It's in the link tree on my social pages. It's one of the first links in the link tree, actually, because I made it accessible for you. So if you want to hear what's coming up in July, ooh, go subscribe to the newsletter. Thank you for doing that. While you're listening to me, I really appreciate you subscribing to the newsletter as I'm speaking at this very moment. One of the big things I'm pushing for this season is supporting your local women's sports team. There's a lot of local women's sports teams near me. There's also I guess the Phoenix Mercury if you're in Phoenix. I don't know if I'm sorry, the 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 pop-up is blocking this. The she Metropolitan the rims. <laughs> I guess if you like them. I think I'm more of a a Buttes fan. I really uh-huh. haven't picked a like a team. I don't know which one I should pick, but this is deterring me from finishing my episode. Which we'll talk about this after. What else is there? Support your local women's sports team, whether it's a USLW league, whether it's the NWSL, the PHF, the WNBA, the UWS, the UW, what is it? The WPSL or the the other women's hockey league. That is so many letters that I don't, I don't remember the PWHPA. Is that what it is? Did I get it right? I I got it right. Go support them. Or if you're in Europe, I guess there's, there's those teams too, but I don't, I can't list all those damn leagues. (laughs) Support your local women's sports team. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. That's going to be it for me today. Kate, thank you again so much for coming on this episode of Women's Sports Matter. Again, my name is Gianna Castro and I'm your host. I'll see you next week when we do another interview. Who is it going to be? I have no idea. I have zero clue because I don't schedule ahead of time. That's going to be it for me this week. That's all, folks. I'll see you next time. Bye.